Live One Radio. It's the Live One Radio podcast. I'm Rick Daniels, and this is our first podcast ever. And I decided to launch this project to talk about, uh, you know, celebrities, up-and-coming public figures and eclectic people, and this is going to be a lot of fun. Now, you can find Live One Radio on Twitter at Live One Radio USA. Give us a follow today, and we'll be glad to have you and more episodes to come with many, many great people. Now, today on the podcast, I've got Indianapolis Colts long snapper Matt Overton, and he's not just a football player. He's interested in football after life as a police officer, potentially. Also, he does uh, some charity work and loves Taco Bell. So let's get it going with the Live One Radio podcast. Live One Radio. On the Live One Radio podcast, I have the one and the only Matt Overton. Welcome, Matt. Hey, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Doing all right. Well, before we get... uh, Get into things, you know. I, I I follow you on Twitter, and I, I'm fortunate enough that you follow me on Twitter. I saw that you just moved to Nashville, and uh, for the warmer weather, right? And oh man, it's it's snowmageddon here. I guess um, it's the snow apocalypse here in Nashville, and uh, everyone's freaking out <laughs> uh, over 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 a half inch of snow. Well, you know, I have a similar experience right now. So I'm from Indiana. I'm actually from Evansville, but I lived in Indianapolis for quite a while. I moved out to Boise, Idaho, which is somewhat near where you're from. And they've had record, 30-year record snow my first winter here. Go figure. That's crazy, man. Well, my second year in Indy was... uh the snow, snowmageddon. Yeah, yeah. And that was like, I don't know, 40-something inches or something like that? I don't know, it was something crazy, but the whole city shut down. Yeah. And it was awesome. That was 2013. I remember yep. that. I remember there was maybe a week, I don't know if you remember this, but where they had the, the life-threatening cold weather where it was like negative 15 with a negative 15 wind chill. Yeah, that's when my dog did not want to go outside. <laughs> Nobody yeah, wanted to that. go outside. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I mean, you got to let the dog out, man. Yeah, I mean, you live in an apartment, you got to do something. So, uh, yeah, I had a long, long conversation with my dog during that uh, that difficult <laughs> week, and um, we made some bets, and and uh, you know, I told him I'd spoil him with the trip to California for the off season, and uh, it worked out good. That's cool. Well, hey, I'm a dog yeah. person too. What kind of dogs do you have? Uh, I got two rescues. Um, I have a lab mix and a pit bull. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they're they're a handful and they're little monsters, but um, I love them to death. So on the Live One Radio podcast, I've got Matt Overton, and uh, kind of self-explanatory. He plays in the NFL for the Indianapolis Colts. For the, for those of you who are not from the Indy area, Matt Overton, uh, who I don't think is overshadowed by Pat McAfee, I would say those two are the most arguably the most known athletes in town i'm not just saying that yeah so you know mcafee's a whole different character but matt you're very very entrenched in the into the indie community now we'll get into that in just a little bit but he's a long snapper for the colts and uh, i'm not really here to talk sports today but you know got to mention what you do for a living now yeah, man. I, um well you can call me the upset on quarterback too um, okay. that kind of throws everyone off um people either have no idea what a long snapper is and for those who do, you know, I also say that I'm also known as the upside down quarterback, and that kind of throws them off again. Um, but everyone kind of gets a little laugh out of that because it makes sense, you know? Yeah. And it's not yeah. an easy job. I mean, one miscue and all hell breaks loose, right? 
Yeah, we try not to think about that, but um, <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it's pretty scary when you think it of that way. But um, you know, I, I'm lucky to have McAfee, uh, the best at what he does, uh, to, to back me up when uh, things do go not so great. Yeah, yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you're a California guy. You grew up in California. Uh, tell me, you know, what, what is, do you feel a cultural difference from where you're from and, you know, where you've been since then? Oh, there's no, there's no, uh, no question. Um, I, you know, I'm from the Central Valley in California, just east of the Bay Area, south of Sacramento. So I, I grew up in a, you know, small agricultural community in uh, Tracy, California. Um, so very, you know, I was entrenched with the, you know, just the 4-H, the, the farming. I mean, it was, that's all we had, you know, growing up. And, you know, since then, since I've been gone, you know, it's, it's grown tremendously. But, um, you know, it's kind of always how I live, just kind of simple, small town. Everybody knew everybody. Um, and uh, I really, you know, fell in love with kind of that lifestyle early on. Um, and then when... Uh, you know, after college, you know, I bounced around in a few different leagues and different teams in football before making it to Indy, but really fell in love with the Midwest um, in my first uh, move out there to Omaha, Nebraska. And, man, I loved it. I loved everything about it, you know, and it was it's probably one of the coolest cities I've ever been to. It really is a little hidden, hidden gem. Yeah. Our country, you know, and so, and then moving to Indy right after that, there really was no change. Uh, it was very similar, um, small town, and everyone, you know, the Hoosier hospitality is a real thing, and just really gravitated to the people, um, to the lifestyle, simplicity. I love it so much. And then, of course, always been a country music fan, and so it's more of a, you know, thing out in the Midwest as opposed to, you know, California. And, you know, I never grew up you know surfing or being at the beach or anything like that and that's kind of a, a common misconception of californians you know but um you know i just I, I really love the midwest and you know like you mentioned i'm down here in nashville now and this is kind of where i think i'll be for a long time okay no doubt yeah. well i've you know myself uh, besides doing uh starting this podcast venture you know this is new territory for me you know i've mostly done country music in my radio career so yeah. just tell me real quick, who are your favorite country artists right now? Oh, man, I have a, I have a lot. You know, I'm definitely, uh, I'm not going to lie, I, I like the bro country thing going on. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I grew up on, you know, Brooks and Dunn, Tim McGraw, you know, Kenny. Um, you know, I never really appreciated the old, you know, Western country. Um, you know, you know, you got the... Merle Haggard and you know Willie and you know Johnny Cash. I really didn't appreciate that music until probably you know five years ago. Um, and uh, you know it was always on my bucket list to see Merle play live. And unfortunately, you know he passed away. But um, still, you know definitely want to see Willie Nelson and uh, play and and uh, in person. Um, but you know for the most part, you know I, any anywhere from Florida Georgia Line to Sam Hunt. Um, and then, you know, I'm, I'm good friends with Chase Rice, Dustin Lynch. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I really like, you know, even some of the, my buddies who are, you know, haven't really hit the big time yet in, in supporting their music. And I just think it's really cool to see how much it's evolved. Um, and uh, it's really just completely changed the game in country music. And I think it's great for the industry. I know there's been uh, a lot of, you know, upset fans or upset artists that are, you know, 
quote unquote, you know, real true country. Um, but you know what? At the end of the day, it's it's put country music on the map. Yeah, and it's kind of it's you know put life into the entire scene. You know, it's but and so when you come to Nashville, man, it's just like the the coolest up and coming city, and and it's just full of life and. Um, I think it's very much appreciated. So I definitely enjoy, you know, kind of uh, falling along in, in, in its growth. You know, I grew up two hours from Nashville. So as a kid, you know, in Evansville is just two hours away. You yeah. know, uh, one misconception people have of Nashville is it's a very, and I mean this in a polite way, a very urban town. It's not just a country music cha- town. It's very, no, not at all. I mean, very you know, eclectic, like, you, know, you know. Yeah. For sure. And it's it's very artsy. It's, it, the food here is tremendous from all different walks of life. I mean, you can find any type of food here. Um, and then when I was house hunting around here, you know, Ash, uh, East Nashville, you know, is, is, you know, quote unquote, the hipster yeah. scene. And it's very cool. They got an awesome um, uh, thing going on over there. And, and just the growth, you know, I my first time to Nashville was probably four years ago. I mean, we play here every year, but um, actually experiencing the city was probably three or four years ago. And it's completely changed in those three years. Um, you know, like the Gulch and everything's really expanding and East Nashville's expanding. So it's cool, man. I, I I'm excited to live down here for you know the next four months and really get involved and in, 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 uh, really truly experience it as a um, you know a resident. It's common knowledge that a guy like Chase Rice played college football. I believe Sam Hunt did too, if I'm not mistaken. How did yeah. you connect with Chase? I'm just curious about that. <clears throat> yeah, so um, you know I met Chase a number of years ago. Um, he played in Indy. Yeah, and it's kind of just a small world story, man. Um, you know, he played for Coach uh, Chuck Pagano in, in college at uh, University of North Carolina. Um, his videographer is from Indy, um, and then his tour manager happened. To, he's from Boston. We won't we won't talk about the team he lo- he loves, but um, <laughs> you know, it, it just it was cool, man. We just really you know connected. We had that obviously the football thing was you know a, a, just a common thing that we had, in, you know, and in common and just in college football and just kind of the path he's taken and and um you know it's cool to see him grow in his career um and so i've you know we've been buddies and then we have some mutual friends you know within football and all that kind of stuff and um you know whenever he's in town he comes by the facility or he comes to a colts game and, and we have some fun with that you know and so yeah um just been it's just been cool you know watching his, his progress you know and i've met some other guys too that become uh, good buddies with you know but um yeah, man, it's, it's all what I've learned, man. It's just a lot of these artists are just really cool, down to earth people, and they all work hard. They all have a story. Yeah, um, and it's just cool, you know, because I have a story with football, man. It took you know a long time for me to break through, you know. So it's just it's just awesome to have that in common, and, and you know, in a sense, we uh, we support each other in our career paths. You know, another guy that uh, frequents Indy that you know, I've got to meet Chase, and I've, I've met this uh, guy I'm about to talk about often, and he loves Indianapolis, is, I don't know if you've connected with him, but Kip Moore loves yeah. coming to town. He, I think his tattoo guy is in downtown Indy somewhere, if I'm not mistaken. I've had a you know couple conversations with him about that. Have you had a chance to connect with Kip? Yeah, Kip's cool, man. His um, we've We've connected, too, because... Um, you know, one of my teammates, Cole Anderson, is his good buddies with his um, one of his band members, and so whenever Kip came through town, we always we always link up. Um, another cool, great dude. Um, I, I I appreciate the things that he he does as an artist, and I think um, 
you know, like I said, it's very similar to Chase. Just very cool, down to earth. Um, all you, know, even the the roadies and the, the band members, everyone's just so cool. And it really is a small world. I mean, it's um, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool just to kind of connect the dots. And um, you know, it, it's just uh, it, it's a very cool scene to be involved with and and uh, to support. Yeah. You know, one thing that stands out about you that I really like, Matt, because uh, I, you know, obviously I've done some research before we spoken today. Um, you know, I have a lot of police officers in my family. Uh, now, I can't say that I've done that professionally, but, um, uh, you know, I, I know uncles. I have uncles and nephews and cousins who are all sheriff's deputies and state policemen in Indiana, uh, mostly in southern Indiana, not in the Indy area. But uh, you're preparing for life after football. And I saw a story the other day that you're starting to do ride alongs and you're wanting to pursue this after football. And it's also in your family history. Can you maybe touch on that a little bit for me? Yeah. Um, well, it all starts with my dad. My dad's a retired a police officer of 31 years. Um, he retired uh, as a police captain back in the Bay Area. And so essentially my entire life, um, he's been a police officer. So he, he was uh, able to retire this year. So it was cool to celebrate that. But, um, you know, there was when I was growing up, I always – loved it loved what my dad did i maybe probably didn't appreciate or respect what he did but uh, you know really didn't knowing you know growing up not knowing the dangers and the sacrifices that he made um as being a police officer but um you know there was a time when football wasn't really working out for me and i kind of thought that it was the end of the road for me and, and so i had those conversations with my dad about how um to join the academy what i need to do and all that kind of stuff and and my uncles are you know, in law, law enforcement, a lot of my buddies were doing, you know, becoming cops at the time, too. And it was just always something I felt would be a natural transition. It's in my blood, you know, my stepmom's a dispatcher and now works for City Hall. And so it just it just felt right. You know, I, and I, you know, I like the camaraderie of it, the, you know, the teamwork aspect and, and really just going to work, not knowing what to expect. And, you know, every day is different. And yes, there is a you know, a big risk every day too. So, I mean, I just think it, um, it was just natural for me. And, you know, I loved serving and helping out and, you know, uh, you know, protecting and, and, you know, being involved with the community, you know? So, um, you know, it's always kind of been in the back of my mind, you know, what am I going to do after football? And so, you know, I enjoy taking the time out in my off season to really get involved. And I've um, been doing ride alongs now for the past, probably three years now um in all different departments yeah I've done sheriffs you know I've done state troopers and, and impd and all that stuff back in india and then even when i go home i i go out with my uh my dad's old department and all that kind of stuff and so uh you know it, it's more than really it's more than just learning about what they do uh, it's also gaining perspective mm-hmm. you know in light of what's going on in our country with you know police brutality and in you know the society seeming to coming down on on all police and, and you know all the stuff that's been going around giving them a bad name you know i just wanted to show my support you know because i know um that it's a dangerous job and i think it's a thankless job and you know these officers don't get a lot of respect nowadays and so it was more so a, a way for me to use my platform and, and show my support but also you know enlighten people a little bit um and maybe uh uh you know also i wanted to encourage my teammates to do the same thing if there's an interest in and in possibly you know doing police work that you know take a ride along you know check it out see how it, how it goes and so 
you know, my hat's off to the men and women of our law enforcement every day and, and everything they do, and we're lucky to have them, you know. So anyway, I can show support. Um, while I learn too, I mean, it's awesome, you know. So um, I already went on my first ride along this year in the off season last week or a couple of days ago, and uh, got in my first pursuit, man. So it was pretty, pretty awesome. I and, saw that on Twitter, man. That's uh, that that's a very, very interesting yeah. thing to play out when you're doing a ride along. So you know, l- let me touch on this for a little bit, if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, now today, as we're recording this podcast, uh, we've had the uh, the shooting at the uh, Fort Lauderdale Dale Airport in Florida. You know the you know you and I are only about six years apart. I'm 36, you're 31. Uh, when I was growing up, you were taught to respect police officers, and you didn't mouth off at them. You didn't do all the things that you see going on nowadays with the with the shootings and the things that are happening. There definitely is a different air when it comes to law enforcement as a country. What what do you what is your perspective on that, and, and how can we change? this current perception of law enforcement in our country yeah i mean that's that's the you know the golden question really i mean it's interesting because you know when i talk to my dad you know my dad's now retired you know and he makes comments um about you know he 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 says things like man i i don't even know if i would be a cop nowadays you know i i i can't imagine what these young men and women are going through when they're going through the academy um it's tough to be a rookie and you know it's there's a need for law enforcement too. There's a need for more policing. You know, departments are, especially in major cities, are trying to hire big time. You know, cities like Dallas um, after their after their their yeah. shooting. Um, I mean, the the chief of police came out and encouraged people. Hey, man, we need help. We Stop do complaining and serve. Is I, I yeah, believe is you know, I'm it, paraphrasing, it, but I think that's what he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, you know, and and even in Indy, I mean, they they estimate probably two hundred officers short of what they would like to have oh wow um you know it's incredible you know and it's so um and and when i speak to when i go to like um speak to some of the recruits and some of the rookies and i'm like hey man does any of this ever discourage you from wanting to be a cop or would you ever go back on your decision and and you know the cool thing is is that none of them have ever said you know, yeah, I wish I kind of would have uh, right. contemplated this a little more. And it's like these men and women who are coming in are are super determined to make a change and for the and for the better. You know, and I think a big thing right now is um, the more I've learned, the more I've seen how different uh, departments work. I think there really needs to be um, uh, maybe a longer academy. I mean, I think some of the training may be lacking. Yeah, and that's understandable. You know, it's it goes through every every type of business. I mean, there's always areas of improvement, and I think with what's going on now, um, I think the training really needs to be stepped up. Yeah, um, and I think maybe um, just the background checks and all the you know the 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 psyche evaluations. I think those are really 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 important, um, and I think those cannot be overlooked by any means. And so. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, we're we're only human, and that's what I think a lot of people don't remember is that they're just like you and I, yeah. and they have to make a decision within a split second that can either you know save the life of somebody else, save the life save the life of themselves, you know, or the other way around. It, it's 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 unfortunate that these situations happen, but people have to remember that these are just normal people who make mistakes. Yeah, and um, I think um, you know, really painting painting the using a broad brush to paint um, a picture of all cops are bad is is just 
super inaccurate. And um, there are 99.9% of these these men and women are really, really good people that want to make a change and, and protect and serve. And there's just an unfortunate part where there are there, there are bad apples in the in the bunch and uh, doing it for the wrong reasons. And then there are also people who just make honest mistakes, you know. And so um, I just think the training's really, really critical. And of course, you know, social media plays a big role in in perception these days. And and um, everyone has a video camera. Everyone has a voice. Um, everything's filmed. I mean, when I go on traffic stops on these ride-alongs, I mean, it's even like the passenger of the pulled-over car pulls out the phone and starts filming. Yeah. You know, and it's almost like these, you know, people are enticing cops to do something bad, you know, and, and um, really trying to push buttons. I mean, it's unfortunate. It's sad. And, you know, I even see young kids doing the same thing. And it's it's almost like uh, they just they hope to catch something on film, you know. Yeah. Um, and it, it's scary, man. It really is. But um, you know what? I The cool thing, too, is is that there's more people supporting our, our, our law enforcement than, than you would think or that is reported. You know, it's not... You can't always listen to what the media is saying or the polls or anything like that, man. There's a lot, of, you know, the country is behind our, our law enforcement, and, and that's the cool thing. I think that is the majority. And, you know, I just to put my two cents in, I think that, you know, 20, you know, I'm 36, like I said before, 20 years ago. There's no question that our country was just socially different than it is now. And I think that's probably the next challenge for law enforcement is is really not the tactical training or what you know all, all the technical stuff they've got to do it's it's the social training that really needs to be stepped up and that's in no way me being critical of of law enforcement i just think that with no, my, it's, it's my, very my, true. My, my my perception that's what i see um yeah, yeah. speaking of social stuff uh you know you play with a guy who um from my i could be totally wrong about this but my perception is somewhat socially an introvert is Andrew Luck. You know, he doesn't have a smartphone. Uh, he, you don't really see him on social media too much. What's it like to work with that guy? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, so I've, I've played five years with Andrew. We came in together as rookies. Yeah. Um, super, super smart mm-hmm. individual. There's no question about it. Um, you know, I the the cool thing about Andrew is I've I've got to hang, hang out with him a little bit off the field, so I've I've seen a side of him that probably not a lot of people get to see unless you're a close buddy or a family member or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the 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 dude is all about business at work, and he's got he's got a lot on his plate, so I understand why. Um, you know, and totally respect him for that. But you know, he also knows how to let loose and have a little fun and maybe drink a drink a beer or two um he's just a super cool down-to-earth guy uh, very soft-spoken every now and then he gets really really fired up because he's passionate and loves what he does you know cares about winning um and cares about you know his performance and and you know that's what you need in your your leader and a quarterback you know and so um he's a great dude and and some of the things i'll never forget i mean when you talk about if you want to say you know dorky and this is no knock on andrew at all but uh, you know, I'll, I'll sit at a table with him at lunch or whatever it may be, and you know, mind you, he he surrounds himself with other dorky guys, <laughs> very smart. You know, the Anthony Costanzo who's who went to Boston College, very very sharp. You know, the, the offensive line is typically very very smart. Yeah, uh, and they just have quirky 
little hobbies that they're always, you know, whether it's catching Pokemon on the their freaking their, their freaking phone or <laughs> talking about um, Game of Thrones or whatever it may be. I mean, it's really? just they're, yeah, Game oh, yeah, of Thrones. Just, oh yeah, they're very. I mean, they're. They they take um, they take their video games they take their books they take their shows very very seriously and so I remember one time sitting around a table and I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty open to talking about anything and I'm pretty you know personable in in a lot of things um, but uh, when Andrew Luck started talking about the current book he was reading I literally had to get off get up from the table and leave because there was no nothing that I could say that can chime in my two cents and the book was he was reading about the history of concrete you're kidding wow now <laughs> Andrew Luck is an architect major right so, yeah I mean that's his passion I think um, I would imagine so but when he started talking about the history of concrete that just blew my mind and I'm like wow this this guy is just on a completely different level I'm with you you know and, and, and the fact that he can be so um, just I mean full dive into this book about concrete and just be I mean intrigued by everything he reads is just incredible and that's I mean they play trivia on the plane and I've been a part of uh, Wednesday night trivia downtown at a, at a local bar and I mean these they know when I say they, it's usually Andrew, the, the Stanford guys on the team, the offensive line, and maybe a couple of receivers, tight ends um, that they hang out with a lot. These guys know a wealth of dumb knowledge that you would you don't need to know anything about. You know what I'm saying? And so it's pretty it's pretty incredible to see you know how uh, just how smart he is about a lot of things. You know, he's a he's a worldly guy too. I mean, he's lived in Germany. Um, you know, it, it's just it's it's cool, man. Andrew Luck is you know just a very interesting person and um, a, a tremendous athlete, a great competitor, and uh, I think um, if you really got to know him, you'd be you'd be shocked at like just how sharp he is, but also kind of just how how down to earth and cool he is too. You know, um, years past, you know, I've been a lifelong Colts fan. I don't want to talk too much about football. There's other things other than football about you. But, uh, you know, during the Peyton years, you know, when when Dungey was running the team and Bill Polian was there, you didn't see a lot of different fascinating characters. You know, it was pretty much about Peyton, from my perception. This year's team has so many different characters like McAfee, Vinatieri's, you know, old old father time as I call him. You've got Dante who's very very outgoing. Andrew's a whole different uh sounds like a whole different animal. You you've got some very interesting things law enforcement and some other things about life after football you've got developing and then TY the ghost and I mean I could just go on and on and on. Would you agree this is a very fascinating team that's uh, in Indy right now? Yeah, I mean, I would agree, and I, I think it's all thanks to social media, really. I mean, it, it allows. I mean, you talk about you know, you know, two thousand and even as early as two thousand and ten, when Twitter wasn't really yeah. much of anything yet. Um, I know Facebook was kind of up and going, but not everyone had it. Um, you know, it's a different era, man. It's it's a different generation, and you know, thanks to social media, it allows you know celebrities, athletes, anybody really just kind of put their personality out there for people to see, you know, and I think that's what's so cool about it. Um, you know, I think uh, using it in a positive way, you know, it's just, it's cool. It's it's whether 
whether you're hosting a, a charity event or doing a podcast or just tweeting about stuff you do. You know, I think it's just, that's why it's so cool and why everyone's just so connected to it. And so I think that's kind of why you get to see that now. Um, I know probably back in the day, when I say back in the day, <laughs> you know, 10 years ago, yeah. you, fans didn't have access to that stuff. It was only the marquee players that you heard about. You know, and and you can argue that Pat McAfee wouldn't be Pat McAfee without that. Without Twitter, you know? no. No, he was you know one saying? of the first and, players to really get out yeah. on Twitter, you know? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's he's grown his brand, he's grown his image through that, and a lot of players have. And even for me, it allows me to get out and, you know, put my face out there too. And, and so, um, you know, the, the, the stories of Peyton are super awesome. The things I hear about that guy. Yeah are incredible and and i think a lot of fans know quite a bit about him but you know i played with reggie i played with um robert mathis that you know kind of it comes along with that uh that that era that you speak about and dwight freeney um and those guys are all interesting characters too you know and now you see reggie wayne on nfl network a lot now and and on twitter (laughs) i talked to reggie on twitter he's fun to talk to i love reggie yeah Yeah, he's great and he's and he's bright and he's got a lot to say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you talk about you know Ty and and those guys you speak of. I mean, even Vin, Vinatieri chimes in every now and then. You know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, yeah, it's cool, man. Social media is awesome. If you use it, if you use it in a positive way, it can really you know help your career and it can really help you off the field like it has for me. And just getting connected with things that you never thought you can get connected with. I mean, it's it's, it's really cool. A lot of lessons learned. Uh, you know, this past season, man, it, it was. Uh, there were some highs and some lows, and uh, you know we got word today Pagano's going to be back. Uh, happy about that? You know, I, I am. It's it's one of those things, man. It's it, it's not like last year. There's a lot of there's a lot of chatter about you know you know Coach Pagano being fired and all this kind of stuff. And I mean that happened so early. Before, I mean probably a month before the season even ended, and it was just so absurd. I think so that, too. Yeah, you know, I agree that would even be be a question you know we all love chuck and we've all you know bought into you know what he brings um to the team and the organization and um you know we we are all aware and disappointed of the season we had this year i mean we definitely undershot our expectations um it's definitely it's one of those things it's like we sit back we're like yeah we're eight and eight and for a lot of teams that would be (laughs) that would be incredible but you know, the Colts are all about winning, and that and it's it's like it's like the Patriots. It's like um, a lot of the winning organizations around the league. It's it's expected, you know what I'm saying? And and we are definitely discouraged. Or no, I wouldn't say we're discouraged, but we're definitely disappointed. And it's 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 something's got to change, and we got to we got to make it back, you know. And but you know, having Coach Chuck back is huge because I, I really do believe in continuity. I think it's important. Um, we all love Coach Chuck, um, and we we trust that he puts together the right coaching staff for us, all stuff. And, and you know, I love my coach and Tom McMahon. He's the best special teams coach in the league, best coach I've ever had. You know, and it's just one of those things where you know we really have to hold each other accountable, man. We got to we got to work harder this off season. I think we have a great team. We have a great locker room, great leadership, and a lot of great young talent too. And so. Just one of those years, man. We've had that two-year stint of just, you know, not really figuring it out, not connecting dots, and of course, having not having Andrew 
for most of last year. I mean, really hurt. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I think we're, we're very encouraged and motivated going going into the off season. We know what we have to do. We have to fix what we need to fix. And, um, you know, honestly, we really can't worry about things that we can't control, you know. And so I try not to get too wrapped up into it um, with all the chatter and stuff like that. Obviously, I, I, I see what people are saying, and I – I listen every now and then because I want to know what's going on too, um, because it, it ultimately affects you know a lot of things when when your your head coach doesn't come back, you know. Yeah. But I think the, the news the news of having Coach Chuck Chuck is a, coming back is is a very positive thing. I want to ask you one more football question? Sorry to yeah. to, to dwell on that too much, but uh, you know uh, you know you've been you've been through the grind, man. You've you, obviously you played in high school and college. And uh, we're at the Seahawks for a little while, some some uh, uh, semi-pro teams, and then to the Colts. Um, out of all those experiences, what was what was your favorite moment in your entire career to this point? Wow, man, I've had a lot, dude. I mean, you talk about. I mean, I was thinking about this. It was either today or the other day, and just talking about how you know, you know, when you when you talk about success, you know, failure is always a part of that yeah you know and and you know downfalls and letdowns all that kind of stuff and i think about you know all the letdowns i've had and all the different routes i had to take to get to where i'm at um and really i wouldn't trade it for anything man so there's a lot of special moments um obviously when i was in those moments it seemed like it was the worst and things weren't working out but yeah. you know things have worked out you know so i, I some of my some of the best moments I've had are are in the United Football League when I played in Florida, played in Omaha, and you know lived in the hotels all year long with my teammates, and and you know traveled around the country. Sometimes we travel, you know, to practices in a in a yellow school bus, and I mean those are the moments that just like make you realize how much you love the game, you know, and you have those special memories because you had that bond with those players. You were in the same situation. No one was. No one was the millionaire. No one was making the big time money. Um, everyone was kind of in the same ship, you know, trying to make it. And I really, you know, have fond memories of that. Uh, I mean, I'll never forget my first game as a Colt, you know, in the preseason. Uh, I'll never forget my first playoff game. I'll never forget my first win when we beat Minnesota in the, on a game get game winning field goal. Um, this year, we had a special moment, you know, with with uh, Vinatieri kicking his forty fourth consecutive field yes. goal. To break the NFL record, that was huge, not just for him, but for Pat and I to be a part of that. Um, and uh, I mean, the AFC Championship, you know, I mean, I still remember tough losses and all that kind of stuff, you know. And so, uh, I mean, there's a, there's a lot, man. So to really, you know, my favorite, you know, I to be honest with you, man, the the my favorite moments are when my family gets to see me play. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, and so uh, it's it's actually really cool because my my hero, my grandfather, who was a longtime college football coach in the state of Washington, um, played at University of Washington. Pretty much the reason why I play football. You know, he he's still alive, but he's unable to come to games, and he hasn't seen me play in the NFL yet. And um, we we just found out that we're playing in Seattle next year, and so oh, that's man, awesome. If, if he can, yeah, if. <laughs> If he can, uh, you know, I play college in Washington, and so it's not only a homecoming for me, but if my grandfather can get to that game, there's no question that that'll be, that'll top every moment I have. Well, you know, there's a lot of parallels where I'm at right now. I'm in Boise and uh, been out here for about 10 months. And, you know, Coach Pete 
once coached at Boise State, so there's yep. a little circle there. And I was hoping that the Colts would play the Seahawks because I want to go up to Seattle and, and catch a game. So when you do go up there, I might hit you up on Twitter and try to come see you before the game. <laughs> yeah, man. Let's, let's make it happen for sure, buddy. Okay. One last question, man, and we'll wrap things up here. Um, so, of course, I had to do a little research on who Matt Overton is, and one of the funniest things I found, what is the deal with this uh, birthday cake? Oh, the Taco Bell one? Yes. <laughs> what What oh, is man, this well, thing made of? <laughs> uh, well, dude, it's, it's kind of evolved over the past few years. Well, you know, I'm, I'm just, my guilty pleasure is Taco Bell. I've loved Taco Bell ever since I was a little kid, and I just... <laughs> I have fond memories of rollerblading my little chubby ass down the street to go to Taco Bell <laughs> to get, you know, a double decker in a, in a Mountain Dew and play the little little coin games and all that stuff that they got, had going on at the time. But, yep. you know, like, I just, I mean, if there's, if I had to go to fast food, it's, there's no question, it's Taco Bell. Um, and so I've, I've grown a relationship with them over the past five years. So, you know, I've been to the headquarters in L.A. Yeah. I've made my own my own uh, recipes with them in their in their you know secret kitchen if you want to call it that um and uh no they've just been super cool with me and and have sent me cool stuff um and so i was like dude i think i was 20 yeah what, what was i i was 29 yeah 29 on my 29th birthday i made my own taco bell birthday cake so i went down and got a couple like Mexican pizzas and uh, crunch wraps and Cinnabon balls and all the fun stuff, right? And I just yeah. was like, dude, we got to make a cake, and we did it. So, we, you know, we bought a cake and made it for like 20 bucks and um, just had fun with it and posted it on social media and Taco Bell loved it. Um, and then for my 30th birthday, I made another one, kind of stepped my game up a little bit, and that was cool. And then this year, they made me my own one. For my birthday yeah um and and really just you know obviously i didn't get to eat it but the fact that they took the time out to make it for me was really awesome and, and then they sent you know they send me stuff in the mail every now and then but uh yeah yeah man my my relationship with taco bell has been strong for about forever but really really strong i mean i'm talking probably the longest relationship i've been in right now is with taco bell five years strong and um we just we just keep growing stronger every year, I think, man. And they they never let me down. And I, the next the next thing of the next Taco Bell experience I need to have is the is the new one that they opened up in Las Vegas. I've heard about this. Yes. Yeah, yeah. it's like a bar, um, Taco Bell extravaganza. There's nothing like heaven. a good drink in Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, you know. And so I, I need to go there. Just I'm I might just fly there. And go there and just fly back just to experience that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, so, if you do, tag me in the tweets. I want to see, because I won't be able to make it down there anytime soon, but I'd love to see some photos of that place. That'd be great. Oh, man, I've, yeah, I just, I saw the video when they launched it, and I just, I mean, it was an instant bucket list thing that I need to do ASAP. Well, I'm looking at all the pictures of these different uh, Taco Bell things. I think you should petition them next year to bring back the Choco Taco. And make yeah, your man, birthday you know, cake they, out of that. <laughs> it's been, it's honestly, man, it's been a discussion. It really has. There's yeah. been um, a few things from you know the OG menu. Yeah, that they really just need to bring back, just for even if it's just for a little, you know, special promo time. You know, do a little, 
do a little throwback Thursday menu or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's make it happen. But yeah, the Choco Taco has been discussed. And uh, there's a few other things that, you know, I, I see people tweet about pretty often. Um, but, uh, dude, they're, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy to think of um, the things that they've created and the things that they're doing now still, I mean, they're just mind blowing. And so they're, they're doing, they're doing some cool stuff, man. And it's cool to see they're, they actually take legitimate ideas from fans and, and make it happen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's, it's cool, man. I, I enjoy it. Well, maybe uh, when I go see the Colts of Seattle next year, which by the way, it's going to be quite a, somewhat of a homecoming for you. That's got to be special uh, to, to oh, yeah. go back where you started. I might yeah. bring you some Taco Bell before the game. How's that sound? Yeah, man, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it post game. I can't run out oh, yeah, the yeah, stadium yeah. Uh, in white pants um, after eating Taco Bell. That's not a good idea. I've learned my lesson. <laughs> it um, it might be years. a scene out of the replacements where they're all huddled up after the guy eats all the eggs. Remember that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we can't we can't cause a scene. It's a big day. It's a homecoming game. Yeah. Against my former team, I guess you can say. I mean, they 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 they. Uh, cut me three times three times but uh, it's a big day for my family having my grandfather there yeah um yeah taco bell after the game is is definitely where it's at man and um cool, the only man. thing i will say if they if they ever if they ever take the cheesy gordy to crunch off the menu that's when matt overton boycotts taco bell Ooh. yeah <laughs> so they they better know that uh that's that's that better stay on the menu forever. I'll make sure that when I post this podcast on social media, I'll tag Taco Bell so they'll listen to it. And yeah, for uh, sure, man. I'll, I'll put it in the subtitle. Well, hey, Matt Overton, I, I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to talk with us in the Live One Radio podcast. It's been a pleasure, man. Hey, thanks, buddy. Anytime. Live One Radio.